Today, we are going to continue the message series, Everyday Saints. Pastor Josh and myself are actually going to tag team, preach a little bit, and bring the Word of God. So thank you for preparing your hearts and your minds to receive and, and being ready to respond then to the Word of God today. I want to share with you the theme verses for this message series. First one is in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, which says this. It says, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed day by day. And in Acts 17, 17, it says he, referring to the apostle Paul, he went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles, and he spoke daily in the public square to all who happened to be there. Now, there's men and women and our children that we're surrounded by in our homes and our school districts, everywhere you find yourself in the workplace, they happen to be in your life for a reason. And so this series is all about faithfulness in the day-to-day. So let's go ahead and get started. Hey, Authentic Church, our family is in the final days of quarantine. Join is uh, feeling so much better, and uh, we are all experiencing cabin fever. So even though it got a little drizzle outside, I had to get out of the house to get this message to you. My kids couldn't handle one more. I'm making a video, or I'm on a Zoom call, <laughs> so keep quiet. Uh, I probably wasn't that nice, but... Hey, we love you and we miss our church family. But the good news is we get to dive into a few more everyday saints. Today, I want to look at one that's uh, connected to David. So God, God chose David to lead and rule his nation of Israel. David is one of the big names of the Bible. Even, even people who've never read the Bible or, or gone to Sunday school know the story of David and Goliath. What, what, yeah, the one young boy that beat the giant warrior. But when you read the books of 2 Samuel and 1 Chronicles, you quickly discover that he was no low ranger. In 2 Samuel chapter 23 and 1 Chronicles 11, we're given a list of men that supported David in military battle and politically. Without David's mighty men, David is half the king we know him to be. Today, Pastor Corey and myself are going to introduce you to three mightiest of David's mighty men. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 8, uh, says this. These are the names of David's mightiest warriors. The first was Jehoshobim, the Hakamite, who was the leader of the three, the three mightiest warriors among David's men. He once used a, his spear to kill 800 enemy warriors in a single battle. Next in rank among the three was Eleazar, son of Do Dobai, a descendant of Ehol. A once Eleazar... And David stood together against the Philistines when the entire Israelite army had fled. He killed Philistines until his hand was so tired to lift his sword. And the Lord gave him a great victory that day. The rest of the army did not return until it was time to collect the plunder. Next in rank was Shammah, son of Agi, from Harur. One time the Philistines gathered at Lehi and attacked the Israelites in a field full of lentils. The Israelite army fled. But Shamal held his ground in the middle of the field and beat back the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. 2 Samuel 23 goes on to tell us why these three men stood out from all the other mighty warriors. It says that there was a time where David was uh, hiding in a cave. He's hiding from, from Saul. And he's in this position where he's surrounded. He can't get out. And he says to the three longingly, he says, I would just love to have some water from the well outside of Bethlehem. 
And the three men heard this and they immediately said, hey, let's, let's do it. It says that in verse 18, it says, so the three broke through the Philistine lines, drew some water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem and brought it back to David. But David, David refused to drink it. Instead, it says that he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. And he said, God forbid that I should drink this, he exclaimed. That this water is as precious as the blood of these men who risked their lives bringing it to me. So David did not drink it. These are the examples that it finishes out of the exploits of the three. How did you catch that? These three men risked their lives to bring something good to their king. The king wanted something and they risked everything to go get it for him. Here's the challenge we want to look at today. If you knew what your king wanted, what would you be willing to risk to bring it to him? It is our prayer that we would accept this challenge as we take a look at another one of David's mighty men, Eleazar. It says in verse 9 that next in rank among the three was Eleazar. It says that one day Eleazar and David were in a battle and it said that they stood together against the Philistines when the entire Israelite army had fled. It said he killed Philistines with his hand until he was too tired to lift his sword. And the Lord gave him a great victory that day. The rest of the army did not return until it was time to collect the plunder. See, Eleazar was a mighty warrior, not just because of his skill and his strength, although I'm sure he was selected for having both strength and skill, but it was his heart. It was his stick to It was Eleazar's endurance that made him a mighty warrior. See, Eleazar was willing to stay in it till the end. He was willing to continue to fight even when others were running scared. He and David stood together and fought. Eleazar had heart, right? One thing I am so appreciative about when it comes to sports and athletics is growing up playing sports, especially playing basketball, I learned a lot about life from playing sports. Believe it or not, basketball, the game is similar to life. And I remember my coaches looking at me from the sidelines when I would be playing in a game. And when I began to get rattled and when I began to get stressed out and maybe focusing on the wrong things, focusing on a bad call by the referee or focusing on the unfairness of, of something that maybe somebody had gotten away with and a foul that wasn't called, they would just look at me, they would make eye contact with me, and they would just point like this. Play with heart. Get out of your head and play with your heart. Play hard and stick to it. Here's what I know. Your faith in God, especially in a time like this, is key to your survival. In these uncertain times, your relationship with Jesus Christ should mean more to you now than ever. The contents of our hearts in the level of our persistence and our stick to like Eleazar's, these are the things that will make all the difference. Having that close, intimate relationship with Jesus is what is most essential right now. Jesus is still the hope of the world, amen? See, fear and anxiety 
are lurking around every corner. They're ready to grab hold of us, grip us. It's easy right now for us all to be a little worried, a little fearful, maybe a little stressed out. We have continued to experience changes, change after change after change, every single day. COVID has changed everything in my life. Seems like almost everything, if not everything, has changed. Our schedules, our work, the way we work, our schools, the way we buy and sell, the way we play sports, the way we do pretty much all of our outdoor activities. It's annoying, it's uncomfortable. Change is everywhere. It's time to accept the change, perhaps. I mean, sort of related, but not really. When was the last time the Indiana Hoosiers had a good enough football team to even compete with our Buckeyes? And yet, this past weekend, it was too close for comfort. I mean, we threw three interceptions, and we still won because we're the Bucks, right? O-H. I mean, change is all over the place. There is certainly temptation to stop caring, to check out, to get lazy, complacent. And I don't mean just check out mentally. I'm fearful that the church is going to check out spiritually. We cannot afford to check out spiritually. Have you felt yourself getting lazy, complacent, unmotivated, unengaged, apathetic? Because I know I have. The struggle is real. Depression, COVID fatigue, the stress, whatever you want to call it, I think we all have felt that internal conflict to some extent. And sometimes these things, they manifest themselves in ways that just suddenly come out. Maybe it's an angry outburst. Some of us let things just bottle up over time. The stress and the anxiety bottles up, and then someone just looks at you the wrong way, and you blow up, and there's relational tension, and maybe you're experiencing selfishness. It's like a defense mechanism, it seems, where we just become more self-centered during a time like this. And I've heard countless others that I've talked to reiterate this feeling of just being lethargic during this time. Maybe, maybe you're feeling numbness towards your feelings, the feelings of others. I'm sure that the enemy right now is at work, working very hard during a time like this to strategically use this difficult season to distract us, to discourage us, to destroy us, to destroy the church. So it is imperative that we not abandon the fight. It is imperative that we stand. We don't check out. We stand and fight with endurance. We can't abandon the fight. Or worse, we can't begin to fight the wrong battles. We can't turn on one another and start fighting each other. Because the Bible is very clear. We, as followers of Christ, do not fight against flesh and blood. Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 12 says, A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. We must recognize that like Eleazar, we too are in a battle. We are in a spiritual war. Our faith is being tested, 
And we have to ask ourselves, will we stand and fight or will we run in fear? Will we be the ones who endure to the end? Will we stand firm or will we give up? Only coming back to receive the blessings of God from the victory that we didn't fight for. Let's just pause for a moment and let's understand each other. Let's understand that we have all made difficult decisions. We've all been forced to make these tough, tough decisions for our families, no situation being the same. Public school or homeschool for our children, maybe you don't even have the choice anymore and your school district has gone to remote learning. The kids are now back at home, you're scrambling. Constantly, we're, we're looking at how to buy groceries, where to buy groceries, constantly updating and redoing our budgets. We're trying to communicate to each other through a face covering from six feet away. Many of us have experienced job losses, pay cuts. We've lost a loved one. Those of you on the front lines, our first responders, our doctors, our nurses, our healthcare providers, your job is so stressful, so worrisome, so more intense. And now we're about to enter a season of Thanksgiving and we're having to make the tough calls. Do we have that social gathering? We gotta make these decisions about around the holiday festivities and it just stinks. Is it okay to just acknowledge that it just stinks? The question that we are all wanting to ask is where is God in all of this? Where is God in this? I remember asking this question as I prepared for this message, and I've never heard it more clearly in my life. God is right where he's always been. God is in the gap. In this chaos called life, he's standing in the gap, fighting the darkness. He's fighting against the spiritual darkness, fighting for the hearts of men and women who do not yet know him. The Bible says he right now is at the right hand of the Father, pleading, mediating on our behalf. Maybe while we are wondering where God is, God is wondering where his church is. Maybe he's asking, where are my followers? And he's wondering who is going to be a mighty warrior during this global pandemic? Who is going to stand and fight with him to seek and save the lost and to go and make disciples? Luke chapter 19, verse 10 it says that Jesus came, the Son of Man came with one mission, and that was to seek and save the lost. It's not going to be easy. Like I said, no situation is the same. It's never going to be easy, and it was never meant to be easy to follow Christ. But don't give up. Don't flee in the heat of the battle. We must endure, and we must channel all of the energy that we have left to becoming more creative, to becoming better stewards of our resources, to become more responsible with the message that we have, learning to adjust on the fly. And in many ways, we must become abnormal. And that's okay. Let's work together using our differences, our different perspectives, our different situations, to come together to challenge each other to become better. I am so thankful that I'm part of a church family that recognizes that we are living in such an important time. And that the only answer, the only hope to the Lord is God's church. So thankful to be part of a church family that recognizes that we must answer the call to love and to serve one another no matter what, out of compassion. 
Pastor Josh has said since day one, the method will change, but the message stays the same. We will proclaim Jesus Christ, and we will do whatever it takes to create spaces and opportunities for people to gather, to grow relationally with God and with each other. This is God's plan. It's all throughout Scripture. His church is plan A, and there is no plan B. Let's press on. Let's fight the good fight. Like Eleazar, let's be mighty warriors with endurance. Amen? 1 Samuel 23, 11 says, Next in rank was Shammah, son of Agi from Harar. One time the Philistines gathered at Lai and attacked the Israelites in a field full of lentils. The Israelite army fled, but Shammah held his ground in the middle of the field and beat back the Philistines. So the Lord brought a great victory. It's interesting how Persistence plays such a vital role in the victories that the Lord brings. Pastor Corey just laid out uh, for us Eleazar and his endurance that paves the way for God to give them victory. Have you ever felt like giving up? Ever looked at your circumstances and thought, you know what, I'm done. Being a little transparent, I can say that I've thought that, that a few times in the last few months. Okay, last few days, seriously. It's hard to look past setbacks, disappointments, and failures. See, life, life throws low blows and unfair punches, one after another. There's no pause button in the middle of a battle. We can't get, a, get the chance to call time out to catch our breath and regain our focus. The pressure comes from every angle, expectations that we feel like we can't meet, news from the doctor, layoffs from work, Another Zoom class when you still don't even understand the material from the last one. The fight continues, all while we are called to a purpose that is even greater than our own lives. It seems like it would be a lot, whole lot easier just to stay in bed, curl up on the couch and just accept defeat. This is where perseverance comes into play. Perseverance isn't easy. It's a constant effort that that allows you to take your next step towards accomplishing what you started out to do. In spite of the setbacks, the disappointments and failures, James encourages us to count all these things as, as joy when we face, he says, face various trials and of the many kinds because it is the testing of your faith that causes perseverance to develop. Perseverance must be allowed to finish the work so it may make you mature and complete, leaving you lacking nothing. Now this may seem very hard to do, but it's how we prepare ourselves for God's victory, the victory he wants to give us. Paul teaches us this lesson when he describes all the things he had to persevere through. He was broken, beaten, shipwrecked, left for dead, nearly starved, dehydrated, suffered sleepless nights, and it was often just in complete weariness and toil. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Yet he was still able to write an encouraging letter to the church in Rome, telling them how he rejoices in his suffering because he knows that it is in the company of suffering that perseverance is produced and perseverance is used to produce character and character is used to produce hope. The good news is that God isn't expecting us to do this in our own strength, but rather it is our weakness that his strength is perfected. We are called not only to keep the faith, but to fight the good.
fight. Remember, as you go through these next few days, this next, next week, that you can remember that it is Christ that strengthens you. I'm praying 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5 over you. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. Amen. So as we conclude the message today, let's continue to seek a word from the Lord, to not respond out of our own selfish ambition, but to just take a moment to look within ourselves and allow the Holy Spirit to take inventory. What is it that God wants from his church? I'm talking about his capital C church, the global church. And what is it specifically that God wants from you and I in 2020 during this global pandemic? I believe he's calling us to be brave, to be bold, to fight the good fight of faith with endurance, with persistence, perseverance, to take the risk for the cause of Christ. Perfect example of this is Jesus Christ who took the risk and he didn't just risk his life. He lost his life for you and I. He gave it up willingly so that we could have victory. We were destined for sin and he couldn't stand it. So he robed himself in flesh. He came into time and he paid the price for our sin, our shame. He was buried and the enemy thought they had won. The enemy, he thought he had won. Three days later, the son of God rises from the grave, holding the keys to hell giving us the victory so that when we die, we too can step into eternity and be with our Lord and Savior. Church family, that is something worth fighting for.